Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio brought to you by Helping Hands Maid Services. If you want to get your house clean, you call Helping Hands, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Why would they ever want to call Helping Hands? Because they do a really good job. Give me something else. Because then you don't have to clean the house. Somebody what, else can do it. What about you. the $25 off if you mention Zen Parenting Radio special? That's important, too. Do that. Yes. Do and that. A lot of cleaning up because it's the holidays. Post-holidays? Is yeah, it post-holidays? I don't right know. Now? We don't know if this is going to be broadcast on Christmas Day or the well, day after. Well, you know after. what? We should do post-holidays because no one's going to listen on Christmas Day anyway. Why not? Well, they should be listening. they'll be with their family. Whenever I think of the birth of Jesus, I think of Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> Um, HelpingHandsMaidServices.com 630-530-1324 You know, um, the, the uh, literalists in the Bible, you know, there's people that interpret the Bible literally. Uh-huh. There's not very many. Most people understand the symbolism. But um, the December 25th is actually the day that the Romans celebrated the sun god or something like that. Okay. Because they don't even know what year Jesus was born. And they think he was born in like 4 BC or something like that. So they obviously have no idea the day he was born. So he wasn't born on December 25th. They That's just the day that they chose to celebrate his birth. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's or maybe that sounds kind of familiar. And the other thing I want to mention is about five seconds before the show began, you said... These kids need to work more, and we need to give them more chores. <laughs> you know why I said that? Because you looked at a because bunch of Because I had just cleaned up the house, and I had been gone for like five minutes in the office, and I came out, and I looked over at the area I cleaned, and all the stuffed animals are back out, and that was my like, I'm putting my foot down. These girls need to clean that stuff up because I just cleaned it up, and they got it right back out. I was kind of being funny more you than were. serious. But I think that they do need more chores, and we need to start cracking the whip. Um, all when right. in doubt, crack the whip. 2013. New Year's resolution, be more hard on our kids. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that it is, it is a gift, though, to give your kids some responsibility around the house because initially they'll maybe fight it, but eventually it becomes natural, and it, and it really is teaching them about how to be in a community and about how to um, share responsibility and about how to take ownership for things. So I have no issue with chores, but I just feel like I'm not organized about it where they obviously do things all the time, but I wish something was JC's, something was Cameron's, something was Skylar's, so they would have that sense of ownership. We got to guide them in that direction. But there's something I want to mention about um, cleaning of rooms. But first... I was going to say, what are we talking about today? We need to help uh, our listeners know what we're talking about. We're, we Today we are talking about... Um, it's another taking responsibility for yourself. You know, last week we talked about taking responsibility for yourself and we're going to talk about that on a much deeper level. And you found a quote and I found a quote and we're basically just going to talk about... Well, and I think we're going to talk about it in terms of holidays and, get, and, and family gatherings or no? Sure. I think that could be... I think that's relevant. I think it's relevant, but really you can take it into holidays. You can take it into, you know, work. You can take it into just a regular weekend. It's how you respond to things. Okay. All right. So they're two good quotes. Okay. But before we jump in, um, Cameron's doing a better job of cleaning a room lately. Oh, yeah. Do any of your, for all you listeners out there, do you have any kids who just think that it's the end of the world when they have to clean their room? (laughs) Because if you do, we got to get them together with our daughter, our middle daughter, Cameron, because it's like it's the end of the world. I know. Well, I don't get it. I I don't know for sure. This is my take on it. You don't know for sure it's the end of the world? No, I don't know. I can't say exactly what she's feeling because I'm not her. But what I think happens is that it feels too overwhelming because she doesn't know where to start. 
and her sense of Cameron's a little more of a, of a free spirit, lighthearted, creative, inner head in an imagination kind of way, not in her head like in a you know mathematical, mathematical kind of way. She's kind of all over the place. So the con- the idea of becoming organized and figuring out steps and procedures, she can do it. Like she does okay in school and everything, but she it, that whole cleaning the room is just too much. It's well, like where do you start? She will say. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to start. Where the other two kind of have a sense of step yeah, one, I step two, think step you're three. Giving Kay, uh, Skyler a little too much. Credit she cleaned there. her room without any help. Really? Yes, oh. I didn't do a thing. All right. And I think JC likes it. Yeah, JC gets a kick out of come, it. She comes from that brain. She's like her aunt and yeah, who like you. Well, yeah, but I don't like to clean. She my likes room. to organize and like your mom. She makes her bed every day. Yeah. Why do you guys make your bed every day? That's silly. I like to make our bed. Why? Because I like to go to bed and have all the blankets in order. Because when you get in bed and it's messy, you and you and I have issues with this. Because sometimes you get into bed when the bed is not made, yeah. and the sheet is in a weird place, yeah. and the blankets in a weird right. place, and you fall asleep that way. Check. So I come into bed, right. and I can't get under the bed because or the you sheet. You don't need to because... get under the bed. You need to get on the bed and under the blankets <laughs> because you have the sheets all messed up. So I say, stop. I need to wake you up. Because I have to straighten out these blankets because I can't fall asleep in, in chaos like that. It's not chaos. They're blankets that are a little messed up, but you can certainly fall asleep very easily. I don't, you know what? Let me use better language. I don't want to. Oh. I would much rather sleep. I like having everything kind of like neat. And I'm not a clean freak, really. Mm-hmm. It's just going to bed. I want a calm environment. Yeah. And, I don't subscribe to the calm environment. Oh my gosh. You're like, you're like diagonal on the bed on in between covers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does. No, not to me. <laughs> okay, can we talk about what we're going to discuss today? Because I think this is a good discussion. It is. So let's go. So, so there's a quote here that I, that Kathy doesn't want me to read because it's too long. No, I want him to read it, but it's so long. He would lose you if he lo- if he read the whole thing. So just Should read. I set it up or should I just say the quote? Well, do you want me to set it up? Please set it up. So over the holidays, I did a, a virtual retreat that was really great. The it Eight was really Days fun. of Calm. Eight Days of Calm. Um, living Calm. And uh, so a lot of people posted quotes and things that were meaningful to them um, through the retreat. And this one was posted by... We don't um, know. I forgot. uh, Yeah. But regardless, it's a really good quote and it means something to Todd and I. So go ahead. I have come to the frightening conclusion that I am the decisive element. It is my personal approach that creates the climate. It is my daily mood that makes the weather. I possess tremendous power to make a life miserable or joyous. Period. So when I first read that, I thought it was from a full-time mom who's like always around the kids and basically if she's in a bad mood, everybody's in a bad mood and if she's in a good mood, everybody's in a good mood and I felt like it was like this this power that she didn't want to have that she found out that she did have saying like the the upswings and the downswings of the, of the household are predicated upon her moods. That's how I read it. Yeah, and... Todd read it to me, and I actually don't disagree with you, but I think it's a lot bigger than that. I think that that is the truth, that if you are a full-time mom, part-time mom, just mom, whatever, um, you're always a full-time mom no matter what. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You're either full-time. You're you're either a mom or not a mom. So. But point being is that, of course, your mood is going to dictate what goes on in the home. Um, but it's not just about a mom. It's about dad. It's about kids. It's about everybody you see. That the way – can you hand it to me again? Because there's some words I want to pull out. The way that you view the world, the way that you respond to things, um, the way that you experience 
<laughs> how's this for a quote? Experience your experiences. Um, is sounds a little wordy. I know, but it, my I guess my point is is your that attitude your attitude towards your experiences. The, the thing that um, about the climate, you know, it's my personal approach that creates the climate. And I'll give you an example. Today, um, we had an experience where we woke up, we were doing all these things, and then JC didn't feel good. And then there's a lot, we have a lot coming up, obviously. It's the holidays. And my first instinct when she didn't feel good was, oh my gosh. Here we go again. Here we go. Worst time. What's this going to be? What do I need to change? And I made a choice one minute into that thinking. I'm not going to think about that. Because you know what that does? That weighs me down. It's not even true. I don't know what's going on. And I just want to be here right now doing what I'm doing. So I totally let it go. So in other words, you were fearful that maybe she'll be sick for three days. When in fact, maybe all she needs is a quick nap and she's back on her feet. Right. I was planning and preparing something that hadn't even uh, occurred. And that is just one example of a thousand Mm -hmm. that we go through each day where we make a decision about how we're going to view something. And that creates our climate for the day about how we experience it, which therefore then influences how we are, um, how others are perceiving us, like not perceiving us, how others are feeling us. Because if we're weighed down by worry and we're constantly planning and preparing and in our head, we're not experiencing people in the same way. If we're open and kind of, Going with the flow and in a good space. And obviously, we have a different relationship with people. Right. Um, and so I think this quote is, um, it's just very to the point, you know? Like, my personal approach it's, creates the climate. Don't you think that this quote can be, like, it would be the top of it can be entitled attitude? It's like your attitude about Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. It is my daily mood that makes the weather. And I love that because it kind of gives you a good visual. It could be raining and pouring or it could be kind of sunny. Didn't you used to have a thing in your kitchen back when you were single and it said attitude? It Life is 10% of what, what happens, happens to you and 90% of how you react For to it. sure. And that's... I think absolutely the case because you can talk to two people who have gone through the exact same experience. So, because everyone will point to experiences, especially people who like to be victims. And Mm. I say that, not that anyone really like chooses to be a victim, but some people are so stuck in that mentality and they will tell you all about their day in a certain way that makes, you know, like, oh, and then I had to do this and oh, I had to do that. And oh, can you believe I had to do this? And someone else can tell you the exact same experience, but in a different way that makes it look actually fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Can I tell one story? Sure. Okay. So last week, I was I went last-minute holiday shopping with the girls, and we went to Kohl's, okay? Yeah. And you know what story I'm going to tell. I know where tell. this is going. And so I was in Kohl's, and the girls and I went in. I took all three of them. We were in there. It was crazy. I was so ready to come out, you know, because it was so busy. So the girls and I walk out, and it happens to be dark, and it happens to be kind of rainy that night. So we're looking around for our car, and we cannot find the car. Okay, yeah. so I we're walking. Did you do the, the button on your? Oh yeah, I was trying to push the button. I was trying to push the panic button. I was like, oh my gosh, where's the car? So I put the girls on like a median because they were we were walking through the parking lot, and I have three of them. I was trying to hold their hands. It wasn't safe, so I put them on a median. Median didn't uh, sound very safe. I know the word doesn't, but basically it was a big wide thing where they wouldn't be in the middle of the parking lot and. It put it this way: they were safe, they were fine. Okay, and um, and I wasn't far from them. I was just walking through in and out. out. I could see them the whole time. Anyway, so I noticed this car pulls up right next to the girls, and and so I started to walk over there, and and there was two women in the car, and they said, 
you know, are these your daughters? And I said, yeah. And they said, okay, well, we were just going to sit here and make sure that there was someone with them. And we, you know, would you like us to stay with them? Good Samaritan. Such nice people. And I said, and I went right up to their window and I said, you know what? I can't find my car. And I said, and so I'm kind of freaking out. Like I was just very real. And they're like, oh, you just came out the wrong door. There's two doorways. So and you I asked the- you, how in the world did these women know that you came in the wrong door? I don't know, because they're angels and because of synchronicity and because I believe that when you're asking for something, that things show up. So in other words, Coles is like an L. And Coles there's two is an L. sets of main doors. Yes. And so they knew, I don't even know who these ladies were. They were just nice. And they knew right when I said, I can't find my car. They're like, oh, we do that all the time. You just came out the wrong doors. And all of a sudden I looked around. And I realized that I wasn't facing the right direction we had actually pulled in by Smashburger, and I'm like oh my gosh so the girls and I laughed and we walked in and I came home in the best mood Mm -hmm. I mean I was soaking wet and we'd been standing outside cold but I love that story I think that's so cool that somebody pulled up wanted to make sure my kids were safe asked if if I if I would like them to stay there and watch them and also had the answer to my question and I just think that's amazing where could you hear someone else Tell that story. Oh, my God. I had the worst night. Um, I lost the car. It was raining. The girls were miserable. and Somebody well, was judging me. Yeah, some lady, you know, drove up and thought that I was a bad parent because yes, I left that's, that's That's exactly what I'm talking about. So we create the climate, and I, I was so wanted to write about that story. Um, but you know, but now you're talking. Now about I'm it. talking about it, and I just thought it was so great, and I've been great, great, uh, grateful to them for the last five days. It's been wonderful. But I guess that's my point: is you can decide how you want to look at things, and it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has to be a decision. Right. It, people will say, "Well, I just don't feel that way. I just don't feel like feeling that way." Well, you know, I don't always feel like doing the dishes. But you know, it's there's a point where you have to take a deep breath and say, "I am creating my own environment." Well, and the story you told about JC not feeling well this morning is a good one because you you caught yourself caught, projecting yes. days ahead of all the problems because you know sometimes your first reaction is fear. Oh no, great, JC's sick oh, during Christmas. How are we going to change our plans? And yeah. on the show, what we try to talk about and, and learn ourselves is the idea of presence and living moment to moment. Right. And you had an ability to, you still had that same initial cellular reaction of yeah. nervousness or anxiety or fear based on a kid being sick over the holidays. But then you quickly caught yourself and you said, you know what, I'm not going to subscribe to this. So basically... Even though your brain's telling you one thing, you created the space in between the stimulus, which was JC being sick, and your reaction. Well, and you know what I say to myself, what my language is, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what will work for anybody else, but I say, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Meaning, quit pretending you know what's happening Right, here. you're trying to create a story in your head. You are creating a story, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. All I know is right now my daughter is wise enough to know that she needs to sleep, and that she's smart, and she knows how to take care of her body, and that her body is smart. That's all I know. That's all. That's the only information I have. And so then you can kind of, I, I, and I visualize a balloon letting go. Like when I'm letting go of thoughts, it's like I'm letting go of a balloon and yeah. it goes up in the air because it's very gentle. Yeah. Because I don't have any desire to push thoughts away because that's repression. You don't want to pop the balloon. <laughs> you want to let the balloon float away. Right. And even though, you know, it kind of sounds funny, this is just something through, when you do this kind of mindfulness practice, you realize that pushing something away, being angry with a thought or trying to push a thought down is counter, uh, not counterintuitive. It doesn't work. Let me just say that because it'll come, what you resist persists. Right. So instead it's like, oh, I see you thought, I know your fear. Um, I understand where that's coming from and, you know, it makes sense 
it used to make sense to you. But right now, I'm going to let you go because I don't know anything. That's kind of my gentle, loving way that I respond to myself. Um, when we were little kids, did you ever... I'm thinking of balloons now. Okay. This is totally off subject. Yeah, because you were like looking up the other direction. Yeah. Yeah, you were, you were ready to tell me a new Was story. Was there a game that we played as little kids where you'd have to sit on a balloon and make it pop and then go do something else? It wasn't musical chairs. Maybe it was like part of relay races. And for some reason, whenever there was, I... You had to sit on a balloon. It was part of like a... It was um, like a birthday party yeah, game. Yeah, And I always got scared. Because it was so loud. Loud. And there's something really upsetting about popping a balloon by yeah. sitting on it. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with what you had to say, but I thought I would mention that. No, I don't remember that game. But I do. I, I vaguely have a response to sitting on a balloon. I kind of remember doing that. It was almost like we were rushing. Yeah. The well, game like was like a race. Or something. Yeah, Anyways. yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, if it wasn't a Sunday, what JC would have done is go over to Dr. Kelly at Tree of Life Chiropractic yes, Care. and that's true. But unfortunately, she uh, is not open on Sundays. And actually, the end of the story about JC, she was fine. All she needed to do was eat and relax, and she was fine. She yeah. wasn't sick. And a part of that was we were actually at Dr. Kelly's on Thursday, and I made sure all five of us went because I'm like, we're going into the holidays, and we go every week anyway. Right. But it's like I wanted all of us there on that day because I knew we weren't going to be able to get back for five or six days. And I was like, let's get all, as she would say, powered up. Yes, get your power cranked on. Yep. Um, so Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, uh, Elmhurst, Illinois. If you don't live in Illinois, go to a chiropractor anyways. Chiropractors we're, we're big rock. Fans. Uh, but it's chirotree.com and their phone number is 630-941-8733. Uh, beginning of the year, you know, set an intention, maybe a New Year's resolution. We should probably do a New Year's resolution show sometime. I know. I actually, that's my new blog, but I'm not going to post it till okay. next week, so we'll talk about it next so week. So New Year's resolution, uh, get your house clean by helping hands, and then also... Make an uh, appointment with Dr. Kelly. Make an appointment with Dr. Kelly. 630-941-8733. Do you want to finish the, reading this quote, the, the last three lines? Sure. So, so <clears throat> this quote that we've been talking about, there are three more lines that are helpful. I can be a tool of torture or an instrument of inspiration. I can humiliate or humor, hurt or heal. In all situations, it is my response that decides whether a crisis will be escalated or de-escalated and a person humanized or dehumanized. So that's just as powerful as the first part. Yeah. I think it's, hey, are you going to be nice or are you going to be mean? That's how I read it. Are this. you going to go with ego and do you need to be right or would you rather just enjoy life? Fear or love. Fear or love. It's it's all the same stuff. I mean, our bottom line on this show is always the same, but it's it's interesting to look at it from different angles because sometimes we'll say, oh yeah, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And then you look at it from another way. I mean, that happens to me all the time where like, I'm like, oh, I live that. Oh yes, that's how I live. And then I run across a situation where I don't act the way that I talk about all the time. And right. I'm like, oh, that's why that's showing up because yeah. I can do this in all these situations that I can handle. Right. But right now when someone's not being kind or, you know, whatever it may be, I don't respond in the best way or my thoughts do take over. And so you realize you always need practice. This isn't something that you get and then you're over it. This is, I think, a lifelong practice because new things show up all the time. That's right. Don't you think? I do. I do. And it's a muscle that you have to work every muscle. day. Muscle. It's a spiritual muscle, as That's Marianne right. Williamson said. And that was, a. I probably said this on the show, but a huge light bulb moment for me. And I know where I was when it happened. When I heard it is because I've read so much in my life and worked on these things for so long. And sometimes I get frustrated when I wouldn't act the best or when I'd be so upset or so, where you know, worn down by my thinking. You take the low road. Yeah. I, what, yeah. I just wouldn't do what I know. You know, yeah. I wouldn't practice what I know. You go against your intuition. Yeah. 
And then I heard her say that. Um, I was listening to a, you know, audio thing of hers and she said, spirituality is a muscle that you need to work. And just like physical exercise, you need to work it every day. You need to, it's, it's a practice. It's not something you get. And I was like, oh, that just Well, your me. spiritual muscle is probably in good shape because you've been reading that Marianne Williamson book for a few weeks I finished now. it. The money one. Yeah, I finished it the other night. What's the name of it? Uh, Divine Laws of Compensation. That's right. Or Divine Law of Compensation. It's on my list. You'll love it. It's absolutely fantastic. So do we want to... Can I read this last quote so we can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This... Uh, this um, Todd and I were... He was reading me that quote, and I was telling him that I was on Facebook today, and uh, Christiane Northrup, Dr. Christiane Northrup, I'm, she's always up on my news feed, and um, she had a quote today that said... Um, she saw a movie and one of the quotes in the movies in the movie was families are a tyranny run by their sickest member. And she said, the truth of this is why the holidays are so stressful for so many. And then she goes on to say that her holidays are no longer stressful because she has made a decision to say no Mm. and to not put herself in situations where there is someone who is challenging, who is directing the whole show for everybody else. Um, and everybody listening probably has an experience with this, um, where they have, uh, you know, family member, family members, right. sometimes Doesn't it's have not to be just one, one who tend to direct the whole show, you know, who everybody is worried about what they think and worried about what they, how they're going to experience it. And they tiptoe around them and, um, everybody can, adjusts around that one yes. person who is volatile or nasty or mean or whatever. Right. So, you know, and there's a lot, like you said, adjusting. There's a lot of where you can't be yourself right. and that your energy is drained like, rather than revived. Like you said, you're on your tippy toes and you're kind walking of... Walking on eggshells. Waking, walking on eggshells around the, and everybody's kind of doing it. Yes. And, uh, and nobody talks about it some of the time. Well, I think maybe they talk about it when they're in the kitchen and the negative person is in the living room. Like, yeah. oh, so far so good or something like and that. And isn't that sad? It is sad. I mean, it's sad in that everybody adjusts. It We go the opposite way. We allow the... And, and again, you know, it's one of those things where well, someone would say, well, then what do I do? That's and, my next question. Well, Christian Northrup is saying that she actually says that for... She says, this took about 12 years for me to figure out how to get out of these situations through mindful for, through mindfulness and freeing myself of guilt and finally saying no. And I asked what would be pleasurable for me. And again, I'm still being Christiane here. I asked what would be pleasurable for me. Um, and that's, that's all I do now is go to places that make me feel good and give, you know, give me energy. So that's not easy to do for those of us, you know, who, you know, if you, if you're in a family situation or in a uh, situation with work or situation where there's someone around that Well, and I think there's some very obvious, like I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and they know exactly who we're referring to right. in their family. And there's others that it's a little gray or maybe that, that, that there's a really healthy family where there is no black sheep or whatever the case right, is. Right. So I think it, it's across the board. I don't think it's one and, story or another. And maybe we don't have to give a solution or here's what you do because what do we know, right? You know, we're just, but to bring it, into awareness that notice what you're doing like my if someone were to come to me and say you know Kathy I struggle with this person over the holidays my response would be be yourself Mm. is that don't walk on eggshells Mm. don't try and create fights Mm. and don't be someone who you know oh I'm going to stand up to this person and I'm going to be it's not about fighting or being better or being right it's about just don't 
allow yourself to change. Well, and this is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain this well, because every situation is different. Every family is different, but there are occasions when sometimes the best thing to do is to remove yourself from the situation. Oh, for, well, that's what she's saying. Well, but let's say that you're um, you're married and you got three kids and all of a sudden it's the grandpa that's the pain in the butt and the grandpa starts being a pain in the butt the minute you walk in the door. What, are you going to turn around and leave the beginning of Christmas Day because grandpa's being mean? Right. Well, I don't know. I think that's, you know... I think there's a gray area there. Me too. But, but one thing I would say is don't take that off the table. Say, you know what, dad or father-in-law or whatever, um, this isn't working for me and we're going to have to go. That's the thing is, as you said that um, example, there's a lot of things coming into my head because there's a lot, you can have a list of 10 things. You can A, had this conversation ahead of time and say, you know, if you are going to be um, whoever this person is, if you're going to be disagreeable or you're going to be drinking that day or mm. you're going to be difficult or if you're going to be disrespectful to my spouse or whatever, just so you we're going to leave, yeah. just so you know. Or you can make a decision to, if that conversation is not going to happen, that you will leave a room mm-hmm. and not go into that conversation and mm. meaning that if someone someone starts to be disrespectful that you will get up and go to a different place maybe you don't go home but you go to a different place you can make a decision that before you go you're only going to stay three hours at that house and there's yeah, going to be a limit it doesn't have to be an all-day thing exactly you don't have to be told how long you're going to stay the thing is because people say but we usually go there all day so if i have to leave after three hours then they know something's wrong well but see that's you know that's all stories created in our head if we do this this will happen if you ahead of time say guess what this year we can stay for three hours it's the best we can do we're we're starting a new tradition or we're doing some with our friends or we're going to go somewhere else and that's what we can do and you might get pushed back but you got to make a decision like it's better than sitting in the ugliness of a situation that's what i was going to say is if you want to still connect with your family Mm -hmm. or whoever these people are and you don't want to completely eliminate them from your life, but you don't want to, like you said, for eight hours sit and become resentful for being there, then you've got to make some change. Like, I'm not going to say this. We get stuck. We get stuck. I'm not going to say this quote perfectly right, but a lot of times we sit around and wait for change without changing anything. Mm -hmm. So we keep doing the same behavior. You want grandpa to quit acting like a horse's ass. But you're not doing anything different. Yeah, like something in the system has to change. Like, why would he? Isn't that the definition of insanity? As, expecting things to change without changing anything right. or doing the same thing the same way and expecting, expecting it to be different. Outcome. And so we set ourselves up sometimes for quote unquote failure, meaning we go in and say, well, I sure hope they are different and you can't control other people. Mm-hmm. All you can do is control yourself. And so you can go in lovingly mm-hmm. and say, here's how long we're going to stay. Or you can go in lovingly and you know, excuse yourself from a conversation when it becomes inappropriate. Right. You can go in lovingly. Like, you don't have to be and if difficult. You, yeah, you don't have to be difficult. And if you end up leaving abruptly, you don't have to leave abruptly and be mad and mean at the same right. time. You could just say, you know what, we have to go. And yeah. then just walk out. Right. Or, you know, something came up. We forgot this. I... I I think the thing is, is that we tend to worry more about what everybody else is thinking about us rather than how we're feeling inside. My worry is that after people listen to us, they say, oh, Todd and Kathy, they just think that it's okay to storm out on your relatives on Christmas. But we didn't say that. I know, but I'm I'm taking, well, we just said, sometimes you just leave. I know, but we didn't say you storm out. I know. I am I am taking what we're saying right now, and people sometimes take it and run with it. Oh, okay. So, no, I'm not saying that we said that in the last 28 minutes. I'm merely saying that it's funny because people can take this message, and then all of a sudden 
make it their own, but maybe make it their own in a different way. I know, but honey, don't you think that anything we say, people can do that? Sure. Like, you know, here's the thing. I know what the intention is behind everything that I'm saying right now, meaning it's to help people get along better. Mm -hmm. So in no way is my intention ever to make people feel uncomfortable, bad, start a fight, create chaos. It's the opposite. So if somebody takes my words and makes it into something that creates chaos, mm -hmm. that was never my intention. Right. And I wasn't even criticizing you, or maybe if I was, I didn't mean to. I was simply saying... You were concerned. Well, I, I think it's kind of funny. Like, I was literally thinking of it from a com comedic standpoint, like, oh, Zen Parenting Radio said... <laughs> Just blow off your relatives this year for Christmas. Well, and here and there, that's the thing is find the middle ground that works for you. You may not need to change a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be like, you know what? I can handle this. It makes me laugh. It's no big <clears throat> deal. So then there's nothing to worry about. Then this conversation doesn't mean much. But there's also, if you are uncomfortable, if the holidays are a grind for you, if this certain family party is awful, think about what you can do different in a loving way. You know what they can do? What? They can get their kitchen painted by <laughs> Jeremy Kraft at Avid Company. 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Um, new year, that means new specials. And that means new house stuff. 2013, get your basement redone. Fix a bathroom. Fix a pipe. Fix a pipe. Goodness. <laughs> Build a second floor on your house. Build a new house. That's right. Just start over. Start over. Just scrap the house as it is and build a new house. Call Avid Company, 630-956-1800. And that's, this is winding down our live podcast. Okay. We're going to keep talking about this, though, we right? We're going to keep talking because okay. I have a really good quote to share on the other side. Awesome. Really good. Okay. It's so good that people should just... Yeah, listen to the podcast. Just hang on and listen. So depending on when you're hearing this, happy holidays. Um, but, you know, hopefully you're hearing it. Happy at, holidays. Either around Christmas or before New Year's or somewhere in between. But um, thank you all for listening. And we hope you have a wonderful New Year. Tweet, tweet. I don't know. <laughs> Adios. Adios. And doctor. What's tweet, tweet? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kind of in a zone. I know, but is it, do you mean like Twitter? I don't know. Oh. You're asking me what I mean. I don't know. Tweet, okay. tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be unpredictable sometimes. I know. I just didn't understand it. You want to know what my quote is? What? Let's hear it. Um, I don't know it for certain. Okay. But I know the gist. Okay. Um, something about, do you know what friends are? They're good. Friends are God's apology for your family. I know. I've heard that before. That's good. And I think it is good. You know who said that? Wayne Dyer. I know. And he probably didn't make it, make no. it up, but the, that's where I we, heard it. We were, at his, we were at one of his speaking engagements when mm -hmm. he said that, and we thought that was Because we get to pick our friends, but we don't get to pick our family. Yeah. I'm pretty good with our family. Don't you think it's a good I thing? I love my family. Uh, me too. I love my family. We're all crazy. Well, and that's the thing is like... All the pieces fit together. It, you're, not, you're not all supposed to be the same, but all the pieces fit together very nicely. And I think that the going back to the beginning quote that we talked about, um, you know, about you create your own climate, is you can experience your family or your friends or work in the way that you want to, meaning you don't have to... Again, this is, this is a tough conversation because there are extreme situations. There are some people listening who... 
have extreme situations, you know, abusive situations or alcoholic situations or things where they're like, you know. And we can't cover everything. We can't cover everything. I'm just talking about in a more typical scenario where things just drive you crazy. Right. um, Where you have disagreements about issues or different political parties or whatever. But you can decide how you relate to that. Meaning, can you appreciate it? Can you find humor in it? Can you respect people for their own opinion? Can you, if you're being challenged, walk away? Can you, if you're being challenged, take a deep breath? Can you create your own weather? Well, and if you're being challenged, um, it's weird because whenever anybody, um, I know there's children listening because we got that one lady where she listens to it. Her kids listen to I was it. Gonna just it. the one lady? Yeah. I bet there's more than kids who listen. No, I think it's just those two. Really? Okay. I don't know. Um, whenever I'm challenged, now is going to you know come up with a slang that's not so nice to say, but whenever anybody upsets me, mm-hmm. it's always about me wanting them to be more like me. Mm-hmm. And how that's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. I want them to either maybe not be like me, but be like I want them to be. Think like you. I want right. them to think like me. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think uh, about me that I have to think the way they want me to think. Well, and that's the craziness, again, the insanity <clears throat> of our society is that we all have our own viewpoint, our own experiences. And um, we have reasons for looking at the world the way we do based on our experiences, right? Correct. Either what we were taught, you know, what what trauma we had, what lack of trauma we had, where we lived, where we grew up. So we have our own lens, yet we walk around thinking everybody should view the world with our lens. Right. And there's a insanity to that. I mean, right. there it doesn't mean that we can't share our viewpoint. See, that's the difference is people will say, well, I want to go out and... You know, help people understand this. Okay, great. You know, like right now we're talking about our viewpoint. This is how this is how life seems easier, you know, sometimes for us. We still have the exact same challenges, but it's like, what are some tools that you can use to make life a little less daunting? Mm-hmm. And, but you don't, you may not view everything the way we do. You may not use the words we do, things that we say may or may not resonate and all that's fine. Right. You know, I think it's when we say this is the way it has to be. Everyone else needs to think this way or else they're jerks. Right. I think that's, um, I don't know. I guess that's the definition of I'm, I'm listening to that uh, book right now, Untethered Soul. Yeah. And he was talking about, you know, getting upset at really small things. Like somebody uh, doesn't look at you the right way or somebody... Or they look at you too long. Or yeah. or they um, say something that's upsetting to you a little bit. And how you like get so worked up about this little teeny tiny thing. And the one thing he says, I mean, he's got a lot of ideas in the book. But one thing he says is you're on a, basically the earth is a big ball of dirt. Yeah. And it's spinning really fast. And it is spinning around the sun, which is spinning around this the vastness of this empty space that we can't even bring ourselves to even grasp right like the world the universe is so crazily huge but yet we're making somebody looking at us the wrong way our entire world and not only that but the realizing that like you said someone looks at you a certain way and you create your own story about what it means they could be spacing out thinking about feeding their dog when they get home Mm -hmm. and you're making a story about how they don't like what you wear Mm -hmm. and that's that's insanity and that's literally something that you shouldn't be bothered by but there are times when somebody purposely upsets you okay yeah and even when that happens and i say this because you know we teach what we want to we we teach what we want to learn. Yeah. Yes. We teach what we need to learn. What we need to learn. Mm-hmm. So there's, I, I, I am as bottled up with stuff like that as anybody. Sure. And my only salvation is knowing that it's so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And that if that person didn't um, do something 
that makes you upset, then you'll come up with another reason to be offended from somebody else. And this is so great because this, again, ties together the quote from the beginning is you create your own reality. When pe- when, when you say that to people, it, it is metaphysical in some ways. And so some people, you know, brush it off and say, oh, that's crazy. You know, I don't create my own reality. But you do. Because the way that you look at things is the way that you react to things. And the way you react to things creates the situations that you're, you know, having. Right. The way you're thinking creates your behavior. It creates the way you you know so you do create your own reality Mm -hmm. and if you make a decision that you are going to allow other people to offend you very easily and if you make a decision to be defensive about everything life will be difficult i mean it will be when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change yeah there's a whole book written on that yeah that's a wayne dyer book yeah he's been he's he's in the room right now because we're talking about him but it's true and But, but let's repeat that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Like from a logical standpoint, like if I look at a tree, that's not going to change the tree. And he says in his book that it does. Of course. You know what? Someone could look at our tree in the front yard and be, oh, that tree, it's hanging over the house. It's so ominous. Oh my gosh, what if it falls? It's such a problem. It could cause all these problems. And you can also look at the tree and say, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's giving them you know, air to breathe. It's shading their home. It's, there are, you can look at things that are. Well, but where I'm going is if that, but that doesn't change the tree itself. Yes, it does. Okay. Tell me how. Because the tree itself only comes through the way you perceive it. You're, you're still thinking that that's like a static thing and Mm. that everybody is viewing it from one point of view that you are either on or not. The tree, this is like philosophy, you know, the tree is what you perceive it to be. So it's either so it did change it. Mm. Like the whole concept of a miracle mm. is just a shift in reality mm. or a shift in how you view something. And a shift in how you view something creates a miracle because everything changes. It's the same concept. So like it's if you know you're looking at a person and they are staring at you and your story is they're staring at me, they don't like what I look like, ooh, they're giving me the evil eye, they're disrespectful, that person is a jerk. But if you are looking at them and you think, oh, look at what a kind smile they're giving me, um, they're so supportive, then all of a sudden they're loving and that person is completely well, different. and the tree, and I agree with with your example, but the tree is a little bit too big of a thing for, it's, it's more difficult for me to grasp. Whereas a little plant that you put in the kitchen, a little baby plant, like if you sit there and yell at it all day as versus say you play music for it and you do these other things like i think there's probably been studies done between how plants react to certain things and if you scream negativity at it versus play beethoven i'll bet you that plant would grow better with the beethoven yeah, than there's, me been, screaming there's at been it. a lot of studies too so that's an easier way for me to get my arms around it well, versus let, a big huge but tree. let me challenge you with the tree because you're staying focused on the physical form and what you can see right if you stood and yelled at a tree would that tree necessarily keel over and die no but what might be happening in that area that you're yelling at might there be more of a an infestation of insects right there might that bark begin to fall off might and i'm not saying i don't know right but what you are saying is well i don't see it so mm. it must not be happening right you don't know what's happening right there in that spot no, that's getting yelled at i don't know you know there could be a breakdown just like you look at a person who's been abused mm. on the out emotionally and often physically you look at them and you say oh they're fine but you don't know what's going on inside right you don't know how harmed they are and so that's the thing is sometimes we take things just on the visual level right what you could see with our five senses exact five senses good 
and we're we're no longer this whole 2012 thing. We're moving in or 2013. We and, made it. Yeah, we made we it. We made it past the Mayan New Year. We didn't even discuss that at the beginning. Um, but the whole that, concept. That was a close call. It was. I was really nervous. I, know. I was when I went to bed that, that night. You know what? I didn't even think about it. Isn't that interesting? Because I knew it was a positive shift, or that's the way I felt. I shouldn't say I knew. I felt as if it was all good. Yeah. It felt good. It's a whole new world. Well, it is. I mean, really, that's what they're saying. The whole thing with the um, uh, the Mayan calendar coming to an end. It is, it is not a, a world coming to the end in a literal, you know, like we're all going to, you know, keel over thing. It is a world coming to the end is how we know it, meaning we're going to have higher consciousness now. We are going to be more focused on love. We're going to be more focused on connectedness. And if you don't believe that, then just think about a show like this or, you know what I mean? These things weren't talked about before. Yeah. Or, you know, even 10 years ago. There's things that are more accessible now than they were before. Accessible and people are on the same page yeah. about it. Um, more people than before. Right. Um, so anyway, you know, that was that was all really deep. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted a light show. That's difficult. I don't think we went light. I know. Time. I want to talk about Christmas movies. <laughs> I said I can't do that. I will be. I will be bored, which then will. Um, how even can though, you be bored talking about Clark W. Griswold? Well, let's talk about how last night or a couple nights ago um, that I wanted to watch Love Actually, and you didn't want to watch it. I didn't because for those of you who know who listen to the show, I made fun of movies that have an ensemble cast because it usually pales. Uh, they they put too much of their uh, investment in the actors and not enough into the storyline. But Love Actually is one of those movies that has an ensemble cast, and I was pleasantly surprised last night. Yeah, it's a, such a good movie. And just the focus of it, like the whole intention of it, again, is so beautiful. And it's focusing on, obviously, people who have issues. We all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but who the bottom line is love for all of them. So a shout-out for Love Actually. Yes, and a shout-out for the first minute and a half of the movie. Yes. I actually put that on my page. Did you? Yeah. Uh huh. Just how beautiful it is because, you know. I think whenever I'm feeling really bad and I have the resolve to do so, um, just go to the airport and go to where the arrivals are, where the family members are waiting for their family to come off the plane. That's a really good energy space to be in. It is, but you know what? It's not like it used to be. Now you'd have to stand at the end. Do you remember you'd get off a plane and your family yeah, yeah. would be there? It's not like that anymore, but now you just go to, I'm thinking of Midway, there's yeah, that big security that big line. security and everybody can... Yeah, yeah, they just kind of hang out there. Yeah, it's really nice. Or my answer is, if you have a grammar school nearby, just sit outside the grammar school and watch a bunch of first graders through fifth graders get out of school. And run toward their parents? Well, just not even. Like the boys start tackling each other yeah, with they joy. Do. They totally do. The girls are, you know, hugging each other. And it's just a crazy positive place. I know. I agree with that. I love that. I love that visual. And a lot of times um, I'm still walking up toward the school as the kids are running out. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great, like, perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like to see everybody. What are they running out to? You know what I mean? They're just running out. They're escaping from prison is what they're doing. <laughs> I can I can respect that. Okay. Tournament of bad. Okay. <clears throat> what should I go with? Just go with with one. I have like eight things on. Here. I know he's got a big list. I'll, we'll do two things. We'll do. It's already forty two minutes. Oh my gosh. I know. Have I ever talked about the wind chill with weather? Mm-mm, tell me. I, I know what it is. But I don't tell. understand it. Okay. If there's if the weatherman says it's twenty degrees, but with a wind chill it's minus twenty degrees. I don't care what it is versus what it feels like. Just tell me what it feels like. 
If the wind chill is minus 20 and if I go outside, it feels like minus 20, then it's minus 20. But what about if the wind, it's the 20 and then when the wind blows, then, but the wind doesn't blow constantly. It, sometimes it has pauses. Yeah, but usually if it's windy out, it's windy out. Mm. Um, so it's it, it either, when, when I walk outside, I want to know what it feels like. Because they're like, oh, it's 20 degrees, but it feels like minus 20. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't care what it is versus what I just care okay. what it feels like. All right, okay. Wind chill. I, I I I hear you. Are you with me I'm on with this you one? On that one. Versus the squirrels, which you weren't. With I me. wasn't with you on the squirrels. Squirrel school. A squirrel school. Nobody's signed up yet. So my last thing is, I think I'm going to call either myself out or no, you. Okay, out. I I'm going to do this one because Todd did it right before the the show started. So Todd doesn't have tonsils or adenoids, and so one thing that he likes him. about it is he he got him taken out. Um, one thing he likes about it is that he always says he can drink a beer fast, but what he can also do is he drinks water really fast and it's really annoying to me for some reason. He's been doing this since the day I met him, but I finally told him a while ago it was when your mom and sister were in the car because they said it was kind of annoying too. So I kind of felt better. Like, okay. And I don't think it's annoying. I think you guys are all jealous. Okay, so Todd's going to drink water right now and everybody listen and you'll understand why it's annoying. And this is why everybody's jealous of my water okay, drink. Okay, go. I don't know if you could hear that. If it did, we might have to cut it out. <laughs> but basically, um, he just glugs it down. He'll glug like a whole bottle. It's like glug, 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 glug. And it's just a really annoying sound. You might have to turn your radio up to hear it again. Do you think? I don't know. It, didn't, it wasn't as loud as it usually is. Well, it wasn't as loud because you drank it even faster. Yeah, I'm good. Regardless. So last but not least, Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Yeah. It's from Trading Places. I am, I am aware. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our second year, going yeah. full force into our third year. Yeah. And if you really want to help us out, share the show on Facebook. Share the That's show. That's your call to do, call to action. Call to action. And the other thing is, is a lot of you have already done this, but share a review on iTunes. That is what, for some reason, pulls more people in, is the more reviews there are. So it's a hard thing to ask people to do, because I know it takes a few minutes, but um, it's uh, it really helps. Like, every time people do that, we show up on New and Noteworthy again. Yeah. So please do that, and uh, and we just really appreciate you, and we're thankful for this opportunity. That's talk. right. And sorry, my water glugging wind isn't as loud as I thought it was. I, I be. bet if we play it back, maybe we can I hope hear so. It. We'll have to okay. Do that. All right, this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. Adios.